There we go. I'm Mrs. Oh, what was his name? Um, the Irishman. We get shot by McCain. by the great Henry. What was it? McCabe. No. Um. Uh, um. Oh God, it was very Irish. Like that's the point. So over the top Irish. He was going to build himself a train station. It's Mc McBain. That's where the water was. McBain. I thought you said uh, something else. I'm uh, Mrs. McBain. Oh, we're live. Uh, let's let's do I told this you. thing. I only told you. I, I wanted you to scare them. People scare better when they're dead. When they're dying. People scare. People better scare when better when they're dying. <laughs> you said it like Bruce McCulloch in the Kids in the Hall. <laughs> Ow, my bones. Hey. <laughs> I'm Cancer. Henry Ford. I was in this movie, and my name is nobody. Hello. I'm dying. My wife, my daughter's a cut. I hate my wife. I hate my daughter. She's a cut. Fake titty cut. Traitor to our nation. The Duke knew. The Duke tried to stop her. The Duke tried to shoot her at the 1969 Oscars. <laughs> oh, hey, let's do an intro. Shit, cut. All hey! right. Citizens, welcome to Hollywood is Dead, 127, Once Upon a Time in the West, 1968. Phoenix West. You know what's not, you know what's not dead, Jane Fonda's fake titties. You fucking throw a, a silver dollar off of those things. You know who else is dead? Bounce right off. Everyone else in her family. Everyone in this movie. Except Bridget. <laughs> she just looks like death. She looks like she, yeah, poor thing. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in the West, probably... Honestly, I don't think you need to say probably my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, but like I said before, like when you talk about top ten lists, I like to share them with other movies because I feel like movies you can't each movie's different in their own way. So it's like to say one's better than the other is not right. Yeah, because they're equally good. And I would say like you know this is like on par with movies like Shawshank Redemption. I mean, this is a ten. This is a ten movie. Yeah. I have this it as is a, a ten. movie that is a masterpiece. Yeah, in every every way, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's. How is the transfer? Really good. It oh, lo looks rag. crisp. Good. The I watched the restored version, which is five seconds longer than the original. But yeah, it looks great. Oh, wow. Sounds fantastic. They they finally mixed all the sounds right. Do you remember some of the sound mm. effects in the like in the DVD versions where just like when the train whistle blows, you're like, oh god, like it right. just yeah, it was a little off. Yeah. yeah, so they finally fixed that. It slows better than the new one. Yeah, it's a lot better That's for this. Good. This is definitely the best version I've watched. Um, and does it have all the same special features? Or is I didn't look special features on that. That commentary with uh, Carpenter, Millis, and Alex Cox. Yeah, it's the same. It's yeah. the same. Opera of Violence. I've already seen these, but back. Back on that, yeah. remember that like wide DVD? Uh, yeah, the, the two disc one. Well, no, it had all the, the... when that DVD the, when that disc came out is when we were in film school. That's why yeah. I bought it because it was just coming out. That was when it just came out. So I spent like thirty dollars on it at Amoeba when it was new. Yep. You bought it. Where now you get it for like five bucks. You bought it, and I was like, yeah. "What are you getting?" And then we went back to your place, and, and I was like, "Fuck, it, let's watch that thing." Because I like I love uh, Good Man, the Ugly. Like, I grew up watching that movie. Right. And I was like, okay, I know who yeah. Sergio is, so fuck it. Let's see. What, let's see. How, I can't imagine I'm going to like it better than that. And then you put it on, and Perry's talking through it. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, this, I realized, <laughs> like, in that moment, like, this is a special movie for me. Like, I'm like, God damn, this was, this is yeah. amazing. I, I, I was glad to, to introduce it to everybody. Yeah. A lot of people hadn't seen it, and I saw it years before. It's because I saw I saw it when I was eighteen. This was the first like the first time I ever saw a western, and it was like, holy shit, this is an art form. Yeah, this is an amazing because I didn't see I didn't see the Dollars trilogy till after this one. So Leone wasn't oh, really? on my radar for a long time. Like, I knew him, I knew of him, 
And I was like, yeah, I want to watch those movies. But I just couldn't get into Westerns growing up. Like, it just did not interest me at all. And then I think I saw Unforgiven, liked that a lot. And I was like, you know what? I, I need to give Westerns a chance. Oh, yeah. And that's when I watched this one. And I was just blown away by it. Like, 18 and seeing this movie and just being like, wow, what is this? This is amazing. See, that's interesting. I didn't know that you weren't in the, in the Westerns at all. Because that lets you know that the movie's so good, it yeah. covers both sides. Because I grew up on Westerns. Like, my dad would watch these. Right, yeah. So, I yeah. he wouldn't watch them with me. They were just on. And I would sit there and... and I remember just being like six, seven, and uh, good, mad, the uglies on. I'm like, that's why I have these up here. Um, yeah, watching that, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is awesome. And then I watch a John Wayne one. I'm like, oh, these are terrible. So there really is kind of both sides. Right. I like the gritty western. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it lets you know that I don't mind the searchers. Some of them are good. I'm not like True Grit. The, search, good. the Searchers isn't a bad, yeah. True Grit, and there's a few John Wayne movies that are actually pretty yeah. good. But yeah, I'm not the biggest John Wayne guy. But most of them I are still boring. Watch Real Bravo. There's ten thousand yeah. westerns from the '40s through the '80s that are so fucking bland, like Silverado, and just all you know, Real Bravo. Those ones, just I don't like Real Bravo as much as everyone else does, but. How the West was won is an like actually interesting. I, I to me it's bland. I want some. I like the grit involved with it. I want some a punch to it. I want something mm. behind it. Other than I don't like it when they play the Western is way too clean. I just right, or it's like this. Everyone the, well, I, everyone gets their own yeah, shot coming in the camera, yeah. and they're all like, <gasps> and like that's that's Silverado to me. The cut well, to. I have more of a yeah. I have more of a soft spot for Silverado because, like, the reverse. This was a movie I watched with my dad, and he liked Silverado. That would be, like, his go-to Western with Silverado in the 80s. I think he saw it in the theaters, and he liked it. And Lawrence Kasdan did it, and I like Lawrence yeah. Kasdan. So my dad likes Dreamcatcher. Like, he's a Lawrence Kasdan wow. fanboy. Super he doesn't boy. even know it. He doesn't even know it. He probably doesn't even know who Lawrence Kasdan really is. Like, he has no clue. Does he but like he loves Jake? his movies for some reason. I'm just like, I don't think he saw that one. <laughs> Jake Kasdan movies? Is that the one about the dog? No, it's... Oh, Jake out his fucking loser son. <laughs> like uh, Orange County or whatever. Uh, yeah. Was it Orange County that he did? Jake Kasdan? Yeah. But no, it's, uh, this movie, though, I mean, the fucking... I mean, this is a movie that every film school student should watch. It's anybody that likes film... Like, you, you have to watch Leone movies, because that's it. Like, he is cinema to me. He is the greatest director of movies ever. And he's done, like, maybe eight or nine movies that, like, stand the test of time. He produced a lot of stuff. He directed a lot of B-picture stuff. But he's just... There's... He did five movies. Well... I do have my list. Probably six or seven <clears throat> movies that are amazing, yeah. I did extra credit this week. I watched okay. every Sergio Leone movie I've never seen, which wasn't many, because the man only okay. did a few movies. Um, yes. He did once. He directed seven movies. He wrote a couple, and I watched some of those. I watched My Name is Nobody. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yes. It was fun. It was wacky. I think he goes wacky. straight that one too, though. <laughs> yeah. I think he what? Well, he he ghost directed. My name is nobody. It, yeah, he did that with a couple of movies. That was shot by Leon. He did the other one that was yeah, like yeah, he kind of showed up. Um, Sodom, yeah. the Sodom and Gomorrah movie. Colossus. I watched right, Colossus, Colossus of Rhodes or something. I watched Rhodes. Colossus of Rhodes last night. That was actually just straight up him. I watched that whole fucking oh, okay. movie, and I I how's that one? You see every man in that movie's asshole. It's. It's just close-ups of assholes the entire movie because they're wearing like little thongs and sliding down stuff and fighting. And I'm like, ah, uh, goddamn. Problem? Problem? <laughs> so in order, he didn't this direct Sodom and Gomorrah all the way. He just did some of it. So he's not officially listed as right. a director. I watched Duck You Sucker for the first time. And those are the two I've never seen before. But I do have my rankings. I like Duck You Sucker. Yes. Yeah, I, I even like Classes of Rhodes, and I don't, I don't like those kind of movies at all. But this right, was right. well, very well, well he has done. A style. His style is very specific. Yeah. yeah, and that was his first movie, but you can tell what he's going to become. 
he has the established yeah. shots there, but the problem is he kind of cuts to other stuff that he doesn't do later in movies, like just weird angles and like okay. That's probably stu- the studio. The studio cuts. Yeah. So the studio edits. And the, it doesn't help that the main actor of that movie is so fucking smarmy, uh, Rory Calhoun. Didn't I don't like him. Well, he's Italian. He's. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, fuck this guy. I don't like your guinea charm, your slick back hair, and your warp sensibility. But I'll go. Uh, this won't be an official That's episode because we're. We're not going to do a, an episode about this guy's movies. Most of them are very similar. <laughs> but I'll say Bottom. Right, yeah, yeah. Colossus of Rhodes. And then Fistful of Dynamite. Okay. A few dollars more. Yeah. Or Fistful of Dollars, excuse oh. me. Okay. Then a few dollars more. Okay. Then Once Upon a Time in America. Then Good Men the Ugly. And at the very top, our movie of today. Right. Very quick list of the movies. I'm starting to keep lists on my phone, and I'm going through directors since we started doing that. And I'm going to start watching right. the movies I have never yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the the, the, the like the five-hour cut of uh, Once More Time in America? No. Where it's like really long? No. Or, or, which one did you watch? The four-hour cut, the five-hour cut, and the two-and-a-half-hour cut? I watched the it's like three different regular cuts. cut that you can get here in the States. Well, how long is that one? Um, like three hours. Yeah, I think roughly it's about four and a half hours or something like that. The, the extended, the, the official European version, I think is like four and a half hours. Uh, yeah, okay. So I watched, basically, I watched I think it's the same thing. Three hours, 49 time. minutes. That's the cut I've seen. Yeah, I think, I think that might be the official cut. It's the only time. It's the only movie in history that made the top ten worst list and top ten best list in the same year, because they released the American cut and the European cut. And number one worst movie of the year was that the American version. Number one best movie of the year was the European cut of that movie. So <laughs> fucking that tells you everything you need to know about film. How how cuts and edits make a difference at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's an amazing movie. I mean, just amazing. <clears throat> yeah, but we're talking about. The, the great other one. Charlie Bronson. The cast, though, in this movie is amazing. The cast, we get Charlie Bronson. You got... Um, Henry uh, Ford. Henry For- Fonda. Henry Ford. The great <laughs> creator of the, of, the, of the car that we drive today. Hated Jews. Loves cars. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Henry Fonda. Uh, Claudia Cardinale, who... If you're, if you're a man... Oh, my God. Like, if you're a kid watching this movie and you, and you don't have a boner, you're a fag. She was wearing the the, the black mascara like early for actresses, yeah. and I was like, "Whoa!" It, it, yeah, it's highlights her eyes in this movie, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it's crazy." Because I mean, now it's Alexander Daddario does that same thing, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah." It's very similar. And then I just J- like Jason the fact Robards. That you watch the special features of the uh, Jason Robards was fantastic in this movie. Um, really, I mean, just just I mean, you, you're, I mean, oh. God, even the Italian actor, that the Choo Choo Man, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's great. He, he's the he's basically the main villain, but he's like this is a movie that like uh, changes the whole sort of rules of how to make movies. Yeah, because you have a setup where the villain, the main villain of the movie, is taken out by the main hero of the movie off, off screen. screen. Because that's not the story. The story is harmonica. The story is Charlie Bronson's story. Yes. Um, Cheyenne's it's, story is is the is the is plot point C, like th- that doesn't matter. Even though the the train, it, it doesn't is matter. The center of the whole movie. I was just gonna say it doesn't matter, but the entire plot of the movie yeah. revolves around Cheyenne's storyline, because Henry Fonda right, works yeah. for uh, Morton. Morton's the train guy. He's got crutches. Yes, Morton. And all Mr. of the stuff, but and Cheyenne it gets shot by Morton, but he don't realize it to the end. So everything. Yeah. Involves Cheyenne yeah. and Morton, but they're barely on screen, <laughs> and it's just harmonica yeah. and and really, it's Jill McBain. Her character has so much; she's like the main character of the movie because right. she interacts exactly. with all three of these men one at a time. They just all come in, and she talks to them. She fucks Henry Fonda for some reason. <laughs> she interacts with all three of these well, guys. She, uh, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll explain why this is a real movie. It's like yeah. this is reality, and this is why. Like in all honesty, this is what women would have to do in this in this situation. And that's just that was like 
that was the way it was. And what the fuck are you going to do about it? You can't do anything about it. It's how you survive as a woman in this period. Is you use your body. And yeah. It's just like she had the body to use. And she goes, all, all I need is the hot water, clean it off, and I can go and forget about you. About it. <laughs> yeah. But I'll forget about it. It's fine. You know, whatever. Even though Henry Fonda had the dick that wouldn't quit. It's got, it's got a great blend of characters because you got Harmonica, who the whole point of his character is you don't know what he wants or what he's after or what his motivations are at any time. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? We but don't you know. Have set up, yeah, but you have that slow building behind just us. The wonderful cut back and forth of the of the uh, well that, but also the 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 flashback to Henry Fonda coming up in the in the uh, in the uh, out of focus image of someone approaching. They put the wig a on young him. version of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And it's, it comes into the movie like three times. Yeah, and of course, like everything in threes, you set it up. And at the end, you finally get to see the payoff of what that scene's about. It's wonderful. But, um, yeah, and then, like, um, just the soundtrack, Ian Marconi, of course, delivers an amazing soundtrack. Even though, like, a lot of his soundtracks are very similar. They all kind of have the same beat and the same like, yeah. music cues and stuff, which is fine. It works. Because, like, he reuses the same, like, harmonica music in about five other movies with the exact same music cues. Was the Hateful Eight soundtrack, my name was that nobody. left over from this movie? No, well, I think it was Marconi, but I don't know if it was an original Marconi. No, it was left over. I feel over. like it was supposed to be original Marconi. Was it? Yeah, it was leftover songs from some other movie. I thought it was this one. But when you watch this movie, yeah, I, don't know. I immediately, sure. when I watched this thing, went, I see where Tarantino got a lot of his visual style from. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he rips off the best, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's as he should. I mean, there's but, even songs and Leone, sounds. The scene in Kill Bill where, uh, uh, what's her name? Lucy Lucy oh. Liu, and, and the, she's walking around, she's about to kill yeah. her. When it's that, that water thing, the... That's the beginning of this movie. The opening scene here. Right. That, that's that one sound in the distance that won't stop. It doesn't let up. Yeah. And that's kind of how they're keeping time. And, and when it stops, the, they do the. They have the wind, the windmill blowing in the wind. Yeah. The, they're waiting for the train. You got the three gun, the three bounty hunters. So cool. And I guess the original version, the original script uh, had the good, the bad, and the ugly cast as those three characters. It was going to be Clint Eastwood, Eli Wallach, and Lee Van Cleef. And Charles Bronson was going to blow them all away. <laughs> And that was going to be the original idea of the opening of this movie because it was Leone basically saying, This ain't good, bad, and the ugly. This yeah. ain't the dollars trilogy. But they never did it because I think it was just, I think, cost prohibitive or whatever. Yeah. I don't think this was shot in, I, I don't know if this was shot in, in, some of it was shot in America. Most of it was shot in Spain and Italy. A lot of the, they know that the, the scenery the, was the, Utah and why, Nevada. Right, Monument Valley. Yeah. Because they, they imported the red dust from Nevada oh, really? and, and Monument Valley, and, and they threw it because you know when the Cheyenne men come into that interior of the bar or the, the little way station, the lantern scene, the way station exterior, yeah, was, the exterior was in America, the interior was Chinachita. Yeah, I th I'm pretty sure it was Chinachita, and they threw they threw in the dust. They were throwing bags of dirt on the guys as they walked in through with the wind blowing. So they're throwing just fucking dirt into the scene so you can see it on camera and you just imagine the, de the amount of detail and foresight to be like oh we got a pack of bags of dirt we need to bring in the bags of dirt to Italy now and Leone wants a bag of dirt I don't know why it's stupid we got paprika it's the same thing I feel oh. bad for audiences no. that watch these movies and can tell that the, the voices aren't matching the, the mouths of the actors right. and can't get past yeah. it I feel bad yeah, if sorry. you can't do that no, yeah. If you don't understand that, that's just how they did movies in Italy. They would do the, they would record it um, post. No, no Everything sound. was post sound. No sound. They, they didn't have any sound. They didn't have any sound when they were doing the show. And a lot of the times, the music was made before the movie, so the music was played over the shots because they they were timing it with the camera moves, which is fascinating that they would have the foresight to do that. So you're basically going off of the music first before the performance. 
But again, it's, it's, a, it's a movie. It's cinema. It should be. I, like I was going to say, music, yeah, movie different. is not that yeah. different from music. It flows. It should have a flow and a yeah. timing and a rhythm, just like music does. Yeah. So that makes more sense. Yeah. But I just. I, well, I, I, mean, I know people always kind of bitch and complain. People, people bitch and complain about music and movies, how it tries to get the emotion out of you. Yeah. Because if the actor can't do it, the music swell. Supposed to. But, but this is different. Music in a movie should work on its own. And it just adds a layer to the movie. That's when you know you're in a good movie because the acting is superb, and yet the music and the way it works with what's going on is just it's sublime. And this is one of those movies where it works. Um, a few movies are like that, like John Williams scores are like that, and a little bit of James Horner. Some of the Hans Zimmer scores are like that. Like I would say, Inception. I was going to say one of the best scored movies. People criticize Christopher Nolan for doing that all the time. That, yeah, I mean, but it works in the sense that it's a, it's a cinema, it's a visual. It aids the visual, not the emotion, because everybody thinks um, Nolan's a non-emotional director anyway. All his movies aren't very emotional. Even though you watch Interstellar and fucking McLean's crying his eyes out, it's totally an emotional movie. Inception is also and an emotional too movie, emotional. Jasmine. Inception's pretty Prestige, much Prestige, yeah, pretty emotional. Memento, all of them. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all pretty, yeah, I mean... It's, it's not lovey-dovey, but Memento is all about grief and how yeah. everyone's taking advantage of his grief and how he's just trying to move on with it. Right, yeah. He literally has a line yeah. of, I can't remember to forget you. That's the saddest fucking line I've ever heard in a movie. Right. <laughs> like, I'm a John G. <laughs> I'm a John fucking on, G. Lenny. Lenny. I'm a fucking I'm a John, John G. G. I thought we could make some money. So what? I thought it would cure you. It didn't. Okay, I'm sorry. You're a John G. And you can be my John G. I'll show you. My second favorite movie, and then, Memento. And then he finds it. Oh, Memento's awesome. Memento's great. But your first uh, favorite favorite movie is what? Shawshank. Yeah, I know Shawshank. I thought you were going <laughs> to say this one. No, I was like, oh, no, this shit, is. Sorry, I forgot Shawshank. I, be- no, like, I believe yeah. I have this as number three. I'm curious. Uh, sorry, but well, what... like I said, like with with great. Yeah, great movies. I I, I, just, I can't put them in the separate number four. Like I don't like top ten list because. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I couldn't put this in a numerical fashion because if Shawshank is just as good, I and so is Goodfellas, Casino. You know, those, those movies are just Godfather. There's a lot of great movies that are just as good in their own ways, but it's just some are are just more interesting. I don't know. I feel like that's maybe that's the difference if they're a little bit more interesting than the other, but they're all equally good. So it's like I can't say yeah, this is the best movie ever made. It's like no, it's not. It's equal on par with another movie that was made that was just as good. And nowadays, shit, we can't get nothing because Hollywood is dead. Bring it back to the title of the show. Um, is that amazing? I can't believe we did that. Modern Hollywood that? movies are shit. Oh my god, I'm so sick of Hollywood movies. They're all they're all Netflix movies, like The Gray Man and uh, the the awful those awful two and a half hour action movies that Zack Snyder directs for Netflix. Like that's the height of action movies now. It's like well, you know what's bad when Netflix movies. We're talking about a movie made fifty four years ago. Yeah, blows them all away. No one comes close, and this is fifty four years ago. Well, it's like you know, it's like when you get older and people say like, "Oh, my day movies were better." Like you know what? Maybe you're right because they <laughs> suck now. The older I get, the worse they get. So you're probably right, old man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we yelled at you and, and lit your car on fire and put you into the hole and buried it. And it was a secret for years. It's once upon a time in the West. I I believe it is the best. Uh, I, oh, by the way, I have it as number four on my list because I forgot number three is seconds. Right. But this is. Oh, yeah, right. Frank and I. It's a fucking solid movie, but it, I think it is the best Western of all time. Even though it will never get the credits due yeah, because Good, the Bad, the Ugly, and people love Tombstone, which I find it it's good, but I don't love Tombstone. I like I like Tombstone. I yeah, enjoy it. It's good. I yeah, I, I like it, but yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. You know, I say like there's movies where I should love good. them, but I just kind of watch them. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good. I liked it. That's right, that's right, Tombstone right. for me. I I don't get the love. No. All the actors in Tombstone are amazing. But I just as a whole, yeah. I don't care. But yeah, Unforgiven is is definitely well, you, in the top three. I'd probably put these two. Well, Tombstone was directed then... by no. 
because Tombstone, you know, find out was directed by nobody because the director, first director was fired, the second director was shit, and then, and then Kurt Douglas or Kurt uh, Russell directed most of it just out of proxy because he was there. Yeah. So it was like this movie was self directed. And even Michael Bean said in an interview, he was on uh, that Michael Rapport show. Sorry, not Rapport. I'm sorry. Michael Rosenbaum show. Yeah. Inside of you. He talked about, he talked about Tombstone and he goes, uh, he goes. That movie was basically self-made. It just shows you that movies are self-contained, and if you have a, a good crew and a good script, and you know where to go, it just shoots. It's, it really kind of just shoots itself. Like it's all you just need someone to say, "Put the camera here, action, cut, let's move on," and th- there's not much else to it. And it's just like, wow, that kind of shines a light on Hollywood and how they make movies. I guess it's not that like not that big of a deal. Well, it's it- not a fucking mystery it shines a light on making a movie it doesn't shine a light on the art the art aspect of it like right, anybody else yeah. if they were to yeah. make once upon a time in the west the movie would be okay at best right you need that visionary right, guy yeah. and sergio leone is definitely a visionary yeah. like if anyone else did hit the hateful eight it would have been terrible like right i'm just comparing it to that because i think of when i watch hateful eight i think of this movie just non-stop the whole way through because mm. uh, the the right. soundtrack and then and all the shots and everything and but certain directors need to do that project because if anyone else does it the movie will be just okay at best. Um, but yeah, I could see Tombstone right. being directed just kind of on, on the fly. Just all right, we'll do this scene, and right? Yeah, do that and sure. No, like I said, it's it's a, it's a really it's good movie. That I just, wide shot, not for close me. up medium. Yeah. yeah. Unforgiven, I don't think yeah. would work if Clint Eastwood didn't direct it. If he was just an actor, I don't think it would have. No, he did such a good I job in that agree. movie. And that was another one. Well, that's another movie that the script was twenty years. It took twenty years for that script to get made because Clint wanted to do it twenty years before he was too young. I think he wanted to age out a little bit, and then he must have thought Unforgiven would be his last movie. Little did we know, he kept fucking going for forty years, thirty He's years, still going. And Jesus. He's still going. Though he's talking, I guess he's ninety three. He's yeah. talking about his last movie. Yeah. He's gonna make his last movie coming soon. And well, at Which, some point he has day. to realize that and go. I probably eventually will start a movie that I don't finish, and I don't want that. I don't want some asshole coming right. out here and finishing yeah. it. It's the story of my life, my obsession with P U S S O I. I love it. I love it so much. It got me in so much trouble. Um, I love that they. But once my time in the West. Oh, sorry. No. I was going to no, ma- go ahead. Uh, wait, 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 I was going to mention ahead. Henry Fonda, and the reason they wanted him as the bad guy yeah. is because everyone knows he's the good guy in movies all the time. So they're like, right? Fuck, yeah, yeah, this will yeah, work yeah. having him as the bad guy because he's so handsome. He walks in with his blue eyes. I was blue eyes, and and I guess he said originally in some interview, I don't know if it was Cavett, Nick Cavett, or some other show in the seventies who was talking about this movie. And he goes, you know, I talked to Leone. I was saying, like, well, they want me for this part. And I said, okay, well, it's the villain part. Okay. So he goes, I went and I and I put a mustache on and I put a goatee. I darkened my mustache and I put brown contacts in my eyes. And I showed up and I was like, I had a cigar, top of a cigar, something like that. And Leone saw me. He goes, what are you doing, you you fucking idiot? That's not what I want. I want you. I want your blue eyes. And he goes, like, holy shit. He goes. And he goes, I didn't understand that at the time. And I see the movie, and he goes, the, the, the reaction of the audience where they're seeing those, those, that whole family get massacred, and the last shot of that scene is, is you know, the reveal of me. And, and the whole point is the audience goes, that son of a bitch is killing these kids. That son of a bitch is Henry Fonda. Yeah. And he goes, that, that's the shock. It's, it's me doing it. And, he go, and I thought it was pretty funny. Like, Henry Fonda had a good attitude about it. But he tried to like he was trying to hide away from the blue. But he goes, no, that's what I want is your blue eyes because that's what makes you, you know, iconic, and that's what makes it even worse. That some guy with his beautiful eyes would be such a horrible monster. This you know wonderfully nice looking person. He's the worst killer you'll ever meet. We need to watch whatever the hell movie this is. That was playing a trailer on top of uh, IMDb. The uh... but look who shows up here. It's called the Great Smoky Roadblock. Watch who's in the passenger seat. Oh, oh, Robert England. Robert fucking England. Bitch, <laughs> I'm riding shotgun, bitch. Uh, it's my second movie, bitch. 
Yeah, I, I do think they made the right call. Well, leaving him super fucking handsome because I think it really creates some yeah. like, wait, what? And because I, I don't have the the, the relationship right. that the audience at the time did with Henry Fonda, where you're like used to right, rooting exactly. for him. Yeah. Now you're getting him as a bad guy. He's right. it's not John. Uh, yeah. What's why am I blanking on his fucking name? From Face Off. John Travolta. John Travolta. It's not John Travolta, yeah. Travolta. In, in, you know, Face Off or Broken Arrow. Like that, I'm used to. Right, and you're yeah. like, oh, he's a bad guy now. Okay. But Henry yeah, Fonda, yeah, like people, that, he was a fucking star back then. Yeah. And to see him as a churn back in right. 1968, I can imagine that being shocking. And just he's so handsome, like his well, eyes sure, are he, just glowing. Well, he he's like a World War II like movie hero. Like yeah. he's like grapes of wrath. You know, he's and, the guy that stopped the you know yeah grapes of wrath. I mean, he, he's the American hero of the downtrodden, and he's a homicidal maniac in this movie. Well, that don't give a fuck. It works so fucking Raping well for the movie. Kids. He. His introductory yeah. scene is close up of his face, looking at the kid, yeah. and his his partner goes, "What do you want to do with the kid, Frank?" And he's like, "Well, now that you said my name," oh. and he pulls out his gun and shoots the kid you in the face, the name. <laughs> shoots it in the chest or whoever he That's shot. Wonderful. Him. <laughs> and it's wonderful. It's the, it's the cut. It's the cut to the train whistle, of and the then train Claudia gets off. Just wonderful. Yeah, and Claudia, beautiful Claudia Carnot. With my favorite the. Watching Claudia Carnale on the on the special features on the DVD where, where she's smoking and she's got that you know the eighty five year old body of a smoker. Uh, Sergio Leone was a wonderful person to work for. I loved Leo. I loved Sergio. I loved working with Charlie. Charlie brought. <laughs> but like, what's funny is she outlived them all. All of them. She's smoking seven packs of these black cigarettes, which has got to be pure tobacco. With probably some kind of uh, uh, um, high-end drug, and there's some heroin in there for good measure, some nice opium. I'm looking up when oh, everyone died. The last Claudia is born in '38, yeah. still alive. Jason Robards, born in '22, died in 2000, '78. Yeah, uh, died after um, uh, Magnolia. Henry Fonda, born 1905, died 82 at age 77. Charles Bronson yep. had the longest run out of the three of them. Uh, he born in twenty one, died in two thousand three at age eighty one. Claudia Cardinale yep. is still going, still kicking, still acting, still going on, still acting. Still right, yeah, yeah. There you go. She was in the Island of Forgiveness I last year. Work. I work. I was in this movie called Island of Forgiveness. I played the grandmother matriarch. Oh shit! She's in a movie called love... Twice Upon the Time, Twice Upon a Time in the West. What is this? Oh no! It must be a bad movie. It's gotta be a spoof or something stupid. Some stupid foreign comedy. I wish I was joking, but here it is. Hour oh, thirty-seven. Oh no! It is. It's a... Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, it looks so bad and cheap. It's got a five point seven. Oh, uh, what a! It looks like it's written in uh, who, Russian. Who? I want to see what genre it is. It's got to be like a Western sci-fi, stupid combination of genre movie. Bulgaria and This is a hybrid. Oh, my goodness. Fucking Russians. No wonder the Ukraine's at war. They made movies like this shit. Here. Oh, no. No! Can't afford extras in this movie. Is this supposed to be Frank? It's Henry Fonda's stand-in from 1978. That's Claudia. Oh, Ooh. there she is. That's Claudia. Cardinal. Ah, it's written no. in uh, Bulgarian. Oh, Dick, this looks terrible. Why is it in modern times? I think it's just them making a Western movie, and she's like a Western star. It's like her last, her last movie, maybe. And there's a, there's a murder-kidnap plot. 
No, no, this looks terrible. I like a David Lynch movie. I want to do a David Lynch movie. I'm sorry, they're Bulgarian. I want to do a David Lynch movie. Oh Back my god, we need to watch that. No. <laughs> I don't think you'd find this movie. There's no way that's in the States. It didn't escape the Ukraine, the war. They've consumed it. That doesn't mean I can't find it. It's a it's gone. I'm sorry. Sergio died in allowed. 89 at age 60. He oh, was the youngest he, of all them all. He died. Yeah. That's, uh, well, he was in the worst shape of them all, too. What? I mean, you look at the guy who was fucking, you know, six, five, five foot eight and 450 pounds. I think he, he kind of he was like didn't want to direct anymore at some point. Just kind of wanted to produce. Well, he got burnt out uh, once upon a time in America. Really fucked him up. And I think that was the movie that killed him. And I guess that one of the trivia question, uh, trivia bits on Ben Hur was because Ben Hur was shot in Chinachita. The the one of the urban legends was uh, Leone directed the chariot race, and even Leone would say like, "Yes, I directed pieces of that chariot race." And I guess uh, everybody who worked on it said, "No, he didn't. He wasn't even there." Like he just he tries to take. He tries to take like he likes to build his own myth, basically. But why not? That's fun. I think Leone was a larger than life kind of character, so he'd probably be like, "Yeah, no, I did that. Fuck you. Yeah, I did that." <laughs> Charles Neston, love him. He's great. I directed him in that, even though he couldn't speak a lick of English. <laughs> they That's a, the other thing. They shot Leone sound. They didn't, didn't know what to do. Speak English. He didn't speak English, and he could communicate to the actors, "This is what I want." And this is what you're going to do because you would act it out with him. But I mean, he does everything a director shouldn't do because, like, you don't want to tell a, an actor how to act. Like, actors hate that. But then again, I mean, if you're working with a guy that knows what he's like, Leone has the movie in his head. Yeah. You do what he says because he knows what he's doing. I plus, mean, shit, you don't fuck with that. Plus, you're on on set and nobody else is speaking your language and all the actors are speaking their own language so no. you can't communicate with anyone so you're like no. yeah I'll do that right that's why Clint Eastwood's like sure. yeah okay I'm yeah. here yeah he was fine with it yeah and it was the smartest thing Clint Eastwood ever did was to go to Italy and make those dollars God damn right movies. he I invited mean, him back the for this thing. one no probably everyone said don't do it they, he invited him back for this one for a different role and he's like no nah, I'm good like I already, what else am I going to do? I think I already said enough with those yeah, movies. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, Good about Bad is a good way to go out. That yeah. was a, that was a, that's a masterpiece in its own right too. That's another great movie that I love. My only downfall, From, you know, the only reason this is above Good and Bad the Ugly is Good and Bad the Ugly has a lot of scenes that just go on, and you're like, okay, come on. It's a little too much. It kind of drags his feet in some scenes, if you ask me. Yeah, it takes Clint Eastwood 25 minutes to roll down a hill in the desert. <laughs> that sort of thing. The scenes where they're yeah. setting up like the Gatling gun and everything on the bridge, and it's like, and they're setting up the bomb. Right, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is a really yeah, long yeah, scene. Yeah. <laughs> that one scene with the guy talking in the saloon going, look at this. The Northerners are coming in. Taking out of the Southerners. Look at the general. He looks like he's dead. Like he, just that whole bit where the guy's talking. It's like has nothing to do with it. It's setting up the background and the world building, but yeah. it doesn't really add to the story that much. It's just a guy talking. And then Eli Wallach comes behind him and says, Where's the owner of that horse? And he basically says, Oh, it takes him that action scene happens. Oh, you know what's fucked but, up? Yeah, I can understand that. I still I mean what? Fistful of Dynamite. I'm just, okay, I put it on. I'm watching it. I'm like, it's pretty good. I didn't, I didn't love love it, but I did enjoy it, and I, I thought it was great. It doesn't come near the other movies, though. But I was watching it. No. And I was like, where's where's Rod Steiger? I know he's in this. And then I realized, oh, he's the Mexican dude. Like, he actually yeah. sold me. <laughs> I bought yeah. it. Yeah. Because I was, I was thinking yeah. Rod Steiger's, you know... Cuban in uh, the specialist, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh, he's, he's he, telling you, yeah, that's hilarious. He actually fooled me. I was like, Oh, fuck, that's Rod Steiger. <laughs> like, I didn't realize yeah. it. I was like, I thought that was just a Mexican actor. Oh, I'm like, God damn, yeah. good job, man. <laughs> like, 
I like I like Once Upon a Time Revolution or Duck Sucker or Fistful of Dynamite, whatever it's called. It's got like five different titles. Yeah, I like Fistful of Dynamite. Uh, I like that I one the too. Best title. I, I, I think, yeah, that that one was um, interesting because he plays with the idea of revolution, like revolutionaries shouldn't be respected. Like it's not they don't they don't do anything. They're just as bad as the other guys. I felt like it was a nice equal. It just it just shows you that it, it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. You're gonna die like because innocent people die no matter what. Because like they show the scene where like everybody gets killed. In it's the like cave, twelve minutes long. Executed. And I and love it's because the guy betrayed him. Like yeah, the the, the, the leader of the resistance the, betrayed him. The teacher, he didn't want to die. He was a coward. Well, he's a professor. Yeah, the, the that the, guy, the professor, the one that starts it, and that's what starts all this shit. And he's a coward. Yeah. And then at the end, like he sells them all out and kills them all just for his own skin. And he kills himself. Like, on that's a train. what they end up doing. Yeah, well, because he, yeah, they force him to basically. Yeah, well, you know, he's yeah, like, no, it's just, it's he's like, a good jump, story. Like just jump. He, with it. he he essentially forces himself because yeah. uh, when what's his name? I, oh, don't even get me started on him and his his accent, his Irish accent oh, that uh, goes Irish away. Accent. It goes away so many times. Did you get James James Coburn? He's he's in love. I he, love him. That I love him, but he is, is an Irish ugly, accent. ugly man. Well, did you get the whole threesome thing at the end of that movie? Which part? The whole the 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 Pauly Morif, the Pauly Morif, Mo, Mo, uh, the the Pauly Pauly relationship between the three characters in Ireland during the, the, the oh the, yeah yeah basically the illusion is they're all three lovers they're all three fucking and the, they they share each other and then they end up get, like they all get killed. In Ireland, and that's why he's in Spain or wherever it is he's at Mexico, because he's escaping the revolution. Mexico, he's escaping the Irish Revolution yeah. for another revolution. He go, yeah. There is okay. Speaking of Leone scenes that go on and on and on, my wife was sitting there watching this with me, and it cuts back to his flashback, and he's they're running in the field, and he it's the last one they show right before he right, dies. Yeah, it's yeah, what yeah. he dies thinking yeah. of, yeah. And he kisses the girl, right? Yeah, and his yeah. friend is just like, yeah. Right there next to her. Right behind her head. And he's just like... I want to eat your asshole when you go down on her, (laughs) Jimmy. And then she's like, okay, fine. And she turns around and starts making out with him. Come on, laddie. Come down and suck my balls. And then that's where where Coburn dies. Um, Yeah, blows up. What was his name, though? Rod Steiger calls him something. It's like a nickname. What was it? Trying to remember a nickname. Because Ron Sager shouts it when he when he blows up. Like he's it's his I don't know if it's his name. I just remember I haven't seen it in a long time. I gotta look that up. I liked it. I, I, I used know. to own it I and I got rid of it. You know how these the DVDs for these movies all came in that white box with oh, like a yeah. gold font? I yeah, had, yeah. I had all yeah. of those and I, was, I got rid of them. But I never watched it before I got rid of it and finally watched it. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's hard to rate. I give it a seven. What the ducky sucker? Yeah, a seven. Yeah, you're probably right. I I give it an eight just because there's a lot of stuff that I do like about it. It's, eight is fair, but yeah, I can understand the seven. Yeah, I just need to rewatch I need to, it. I need to rewatch it. I think yeah. I'd like it more. No, it's gonna be a movie that but I definitely. I mean, I check good. up in on, check up on every once in a while. It's just my first yeah. first sit through and. But that scene, I, that 12-minute scene of yeah. Coburn and uh, Rod Steiger sitting there, you don't know what they're sitting next to. They're just, like, in a cave, and they're sitting there, and they're clearly just, like, staring at nothing. And they're like, "Right, why the fuck are we here? What is this for? And he's, he's talking about his right. kids, his six. Right. He goes, I finally counted them. There's six six of them. And he's just staring, right. and they're like, yeah. what is this all about? Like, all his kids are dead, yeah. But then it uh, finally, after, as he gets up and leaves, you see just James Coburn sitting there, and you see what he, he keeps looking off screen, and it finally cuts to them, and it's all of, all of the people we saw before dead. And these two guys should have been there with right, him yeah, dying, yeah. but they stay behind the right, yeah. uh, fight off the yeah, that's the great. general. That's great. Yeah. And it just cuts on, it keeps cutting to that yeah. young boy that he has, and just, you know, he's just dead. And it, it, that scene is so yeah. fucking effective. And I was like, this is a good example of a scene that's going on way too long but there's a purpose 
Because you're not supposed to know why they're so right, downtrodden you know. for this long. And then suddenly it hits you. You're like, oh, my God, they're all yeah. dead, all of them. And right. it's like yeah, exactly. 60, 70 people. But, uh, yeah, it's Leone. He's fucking the best. Yes. And that's One why of the best of this, all time. Do what he yeah, says. Yeah, Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I really want like a big you old. You want me to do what to my balls? <laughs> I want a big old yeah, Sergio nice Leone box set. video but... release. Or... Yeah, or something with this. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done that. Yeah. Like with more special features and just like retrospectives and all that shit. I want like, like that, a. That's a movie that deserves it. Oh, originally I wanted like a Criterion collection, so they fixed the fucking audio. Right. Yeah. But this one, they yeah. did a really good job on it, and that does it. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, I get it. I, because you you know exactly what I'm talking about with some of the sound effects in the DVD. You're like, ah, oh, like that when it cuts to the train whistle after yeah, the yeah, yeah. after she he shoots the sun, and it's like, oh god, <laughs> or some of yeah, the harmonica right. notes jarring, just hit, right. and you're like, ah. Oh. It's just, uh, right, yeah. they fixed it. They fixed all that. They smoothed it out. They spread it out in the speakers. Um, it's not as jarring, yes. but it is a really good transfer. And I want a 4K now. Hopefully they keep the sound the same. Don't Just don't mess with the sound anymore. The sound's fine. Whatever I'm you had in the Blu-ray, move it the over. The sound will be the same. Yeah. Yeah. What else can you say about a movie like this? It's It's perfect. It's a perfect movie. Yeah, visually, it's just the perf- oh, performances are amazing. Yeah. Um, it, 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 the music, the the way the camera moves, the angle—I mean, just everything about the movie is just unbelievable. People always it's say just, it's it's just you can't. Sergio's music is like, how do you say that word? Why I always stumble on this word, where Anna. <sighs> Anatomically correct. No, Anna. Oh my God! Why do I always blink on this? I can never say this word. So I stop. Where it's an anachronism. It's an and how do you say that for the present term? Um, but the music doesn't really belong with the movie, and that's com- that's actually what makes it work. You hear that a lot about his music, mm, okay. Andy Marcone's music, and that. Oh, antithetical. No. Uh, antithetical. No. An anathem. Anathem. <laughs> Antebellum. Antithema. Antebellum, that's right. Pre Civil War. Yes. Anacharistic. Anacharinana. And then Anacharinana shat in his chest. No, but uh, <laughs> the music, the, sh- the shots. The shots is what drew me in when you first put this DVD on back in film school. I was like, God oh, damn, yeah. this is a beautiful movie. No. Like, just the camera sitting there. The, any other movie has the moving camera, and this is just a locked camera. It'll sometimes go left or right. Right. It's kind of pan around, but that's it. The camera doesn't go up and down. It's not handheld. You rarely get that. Only when they're running around outside. And right. it's just a beautiful looking movie. the The pacing is perfect. The just everything's everything's amazing about it. Like I said, perfect movie. And that's why I chose it for for this for this episode. Oh yes, I do want to give. It's definitely the. the sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, it's definitely a, a good reason to, to point out that Hollywood is dead because that, they will never make a movie like this ever again. Nope. And it's like you have to go back fifty-four years to see something worthwhile. Yeah, this movie came out before we're born, by a lot, and still yeah. we found we found it and fucking love it. Like that's that's incredible. That's a really yeah. good sign. And it's not like a genre we're both like experts in either, so that really says something about it. It's not like a sci-fi movie that yeah, you know exactly. I watch a lot of sci-fi. It's not something like that. It's a it's a western. I don't particularly <laughs> care about westerns. So it, yeah, exactly. One us both over a lot. Um, oh yeah. I do want to give the calendar shout outs because this is the last time I have it on here. It's, uh, April eleventh, nineteen seventy four is Adam's birthday, and then. Eight. Oh, I thought we already said that. We did. I put it on each each show. I forgot to mention oh. it in Twilight Zone, but um, April fourteenth, twenty twenty, LAW Anthology Series Review debuted three wow. years ago. Wow, time flies. 
So next week on the show, we're doing the big movie quiz. The big, yeah, the big movie quiz. That'll be our first time doing that. You got the cards, right? Got it. We're going to do that. Haven't left my desk. And then after the week after that, we're doing the Coen Brothers movies. We're going to rank those. So, and then after that, you can do two weeks in a row, picking the movies if you want, because we're kind of skipping your week next with the big movie quiz. Um, well, are, are we going to be on a schedule, or are we kind of on a floating schedule right now, because the, the child might be coming. There shall be a, a third West baby coming, um, and Uli. Iguado's coming. All right. Now, what was his name in Dorigal? Uh, was it Iguato? Quato? Quato. Quato's a mutant. That's right. Quato's coming. Yeah. Quato? Are you Quato? <laughs> no. Quato's coming. Quato's a mutant. <laughs> so you're Quato's coming. Quato West is coming. I just got and the. Your wife is going to be. Because <laughs> that stomach's big enough to pull that off. Dude, she's like she's huge. like three years pregnant now. She looks like she's I can't believe she hasn't yeah, given birth she's, yet. She's, 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 God, because I was just there what three weeks ago and she was about ready to pop. Yeah, now it's like any four any, weeks. No, I will not be surprised if any day. Oh, now she, by, by the way, somebody put toy anxiety on YouTube. They took a, a tour in toy anxiety. The, the Phoenix, Arizona store. You got to see it finally. So I got to see the inside. Yeah, that place is fucking, fucking massive. Told you. That, that place would take forever to look. The through. place is legit. But it looked cool. I was like, I'll oh, go there next time. So such a fucking bummer. Time. I can't believe that. Man. Yeah. Well, well, now we know it's still closed Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> so we have to go there like on a Friday or something. Yeah. I, man, that's stupid. <laughs> Whatever. Um, we'll, we'll we'll fix that next time. I don't know. We'll come up with rules for this. This big movie quiz. I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah. Or maybe we would just fuck around. Who knows? I don't care. Just ask the questions and you get the answers and that's that. Yeah, we're not too competitive. This isn't Beyond Belief Factor Fiction we're talking about. No. We'll just play it. No, it's not. (laughs) God damn it. That's a serious fucking game. That's Jonathan Franks. (laughs) You don't fuck with him. I I want him to be proud of me. (laughs) You don't fuck with JF. John Frankenheimer? John Frankenheimer Frank. I need a John John Frankenheimer. <laughs> Just combine the two. Oh my god. He directs wonderful episodes of Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> Glory, they're beautiful looking. Uh, they're wonderfully done. <laughs> Alright, let's get out of here. Oh well. Uh, yes. Until next All time. Good. And in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. Tick the cat. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It started playing on its own there. Oh, no, it's fine. I said to do it. <laughs>